Welcome, lovebird. You're listening to the Lauren of Love podcast, recorded by me, your host, Lauren Eliz Love. I am so deeply honored to be here with you and to help you move one step closer to creating your dream life simply by listening to this show. I'm a spiritual mentor, a master in the art of self-healing, and the creator and founder of an online transformation program called Heal. Since 2012, I have been on my own journey of self-healing my way to true happiness. I quit my corporate job to grow a successful $700,000 a year business. I ended an abusive marriage to find my true soulmate. I overcame drug addiction, mental illness, and severe chronic health challenges. And I released my trauma to come home to my true self-love. My life has truly transformed, and now it's your turn. On this show, I'm going to be sharing all of the medicine that has helped me create the life of my dreams so that you can create yours. If you can feel it, you can heal it, and you can change anything in your life. This podcast is a safe space for you to do just that, to learn what needs to be learned, to see what needs to be seen, and to feel what you need to feel so that you can have a life beyond your wildest dreams. Your desires are your destiny and you are the person you have been waiting for to make them happen. Here on the Lauren of Love podcast, we are going to dive deep into a study of self-mastery. On the show, you will learn about how to self-heal your life, how to deepen your relationship with spirit, and how to truly embody and reclaim your power. This podcast is a safe space for us to explore the deep inner workings of self-mastery and helping you expand, grow, evolve, and become the best version of yourself. I believe in you, I am here for you, and you got this. Now let's dive in. Hello, beautiful. The following episode of the podcast is from the Love Transmission series inside my Sacred Success Creators Facebook community. Every Monday through Friday, I share live videos inside of the group on topics related to spirituality, self-healing, and life mastery. These love transmission videos go live around 12 p.m. EST every day in the group, and I'm so honored to share a copy of one of our most recent transmissions with you. If you want to access the love transmission video series live, all you have to do is go to the link in the show notes of this episode to come join our free community or you can visit laurenoflove.com slash FB, like Facebook. I hope you enjoy this magical episode of the podcast. Let's dive in. Hello, my gorgeous lovebirds. Welcome back to another love transmission video. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Um, It's Thanksgiving. We are approaching the season of lots of family events lots of thoughts about family, lots of reflections about family, and it feels really appropriate today as, you know, we're opening up this container to be more exposed to our family dynamics that we actually have a conversation about what it means to carry our family programming wounds, what it means to Um, heal the family dynamic, how we do this, right? I'm going to just show up and share with you guys kind of 
my own journey around this and hopefully offer you guys some medicine and perspective just by sharing my simple experiences. So first of all, hello and welcome. My name is Lauren Eliz Love. I'm the creator of this beautiful sacred container where you are listening to this love transmission. And it's really a total honor to be here to have this dialogue with you. I thought about this topic um, a couple of weeks ago, actually, when my mother came to visit. And I knew this was something I wanted to talk about, but I also knew that I needed kind of a moment to process and kind of understand how I was going to share this and what I was going to speak to. And hello, Victoria. So happy to see you here, Angel. Hello, hello. Um, yeah, you know, family dynamic is such a complicated thing. And I think that when we um, are really craving healing journeys, like we're really looking to heal our lives, we're looking to heal ourselves, it's really apparent to us that it starts in our childhood, you know, and our childhoods are not created in a vacuum. They're created in the dynamics and in the frequency of those who are raising us. And unfortunately, we, as we are right now in this world, um, in whatever generation you are, you could be 30, you could be 20, you could be 40, you could be 50, you could be 80, but wherever you are right now, your parents were raised with a more limited belief system than the one that you are carrying. A great example of this, okay, great example of this is to think about, um, you know, the generations that came before you. And my mother even said this to me. She said, you know, um, growing up, we didn't talk about our feelings. We didn't process our feelings. So when I was born and I was this very feeling person, my parents didn't know how to meet my needs because in their household growing up, this wasn't something that was tended to. You know, my mother... God bless her soul. When she was 16, she watched her father die in front of her. He had a heart attack in the house. And she told me when she was here over the last weekend, she said, you know, we didn't talk about our feelings, right? And in this new age and in this new work that we are doing, we are so feeling centered. Everything is about embodying your emotions, embracing your emotions, moving through your emotions, mastering your emotions, right? It's We know that this is the gateway to really being in an aligned, abundant, prosperous life is through the emotional state. And I, I just share that because I think it's so important as we explore this conversation to remember that um, our parents are doing the best that they can with what they had available to them, you know? And it's really important to explore um, the understanding of that, but then also to take pause and say that your feelings for what you got or didn't get in your family dynamic are equally as valid to be honored and respected. So yes, our parents do the best that they can with what they have. And if you did not have your child, your, your needs met as a child, if you felt like growing up you didn't have what you really needed from your parents, those feelings are valid. You know, we can't just say, oh, our parents just didn't know any better. We have to acknowledge the fact that what we needed and wanted, we didn't get. So Victoria is saying, I'm going through this right now as I came to my family's home. Lots of things are coming to light, but I'm thankful for my practice that I'm able to see as a third person. Having lots of one-on-one -on -one time with my grandma about this too. My grandmother thanked me for being the family cycle breaker and my heart just melted. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, so what you're what Victoria is sharing here, right, about being observant of her family, seeing it as a third person from a third person perspective. We're going to talk a little bit about that today too, but I do kind of want to hold space first and foremost to share uh my experience around healing my family dynamics. So you know, I think like many of us, when we are uh, domesticated in our childhood upbringing, we are taught what is really important, right? What we should be doing and what we should not be doing. And this domestication creates limitation in our authentic self-expression. Domestication can be seen as like abuse energy. For example, you're a boy, boys don't cry, tough it up, right? And now as a boy, you're domesticated into this belief that you shouldn't have feelings, right? And then you grow up and you're uh, in your wounded masculine and you're not fully embodied in your emotional state, right? This is one example of domestication. Uh, domestication also exists in how we're taught to prioritize certain things, right? Like I was domesticated to believe that it's really important to go to college it's really important to go to a good school, a school that's fancy and a school that is like approved by other people and is, you know, expensive, whatever, a high standard school. And I was taught that this was something important to do and that to get a good job was also really important and to get married was really important. And those domestications didn't necessarily transpire in any form of abuse. They were something that was cultivated over time in my upbringing, right? I was also conditioned and domesticated to see a certain type of way that a mother and a father interact, right? And this is something we all experience. We watch mother and father in their dysfunction because no relationship is perfect and we see what's playing out and we are aware of how men communicate and how women communicate and how a good wife shows up this way or a, a good husband shows up this way or maybe for us our domestication was watching a lot of dysfunction and completely rebelling from it and saying I don't want anything like this right maybe we watched our parents and we're like I don't want to live like that at all so there's a lot of programming that we receive as we are growing up. And I think sometimes as light workers, there's this real big difficult challenge we face where we are birthed into hardship. A lot of us are born into dynamics where the household is really dysfunctional, where the parents fight, where there is, you know, subtleties or extremities of abuse, right? Like it's it's in this experience of growing up where we witness suffering and we see a lot of this hardship and we give ourselves this understanding that is kind of dysfunctional too that says oh I was born into this this is how the world is this is so fucked up I just got to deal with it this is all I'm good for this is all I'm capable of whatever this stuff is that we're like receiving from all of this some of us the domestication creates total rebellion and we're like I don't ever want that and so maybe you saw your mother and your father abusing each other a lot and you're like, I never want to fucking get married. Like never letting that happen. You know, we rebel. We completely separate ourselves. And these are all examples of trauma leaking into our adult life. Okay, this is just what happens. So my story, I'm going to share just a little bit briefly about 
kind of my life and, and, and what I've navigated because I think that's like super important. Um, my, my father was not really emotionally available, right? He was not taught by his father how to process his emotions. He was not ever, um, he never got space held for him as a child. Um, and my dad was going through a lot of identity issues around being accepted by his father. And so um, my dad had made this decision to have a family to make his father proud, you know, made this choice. And he was acting out of the decision to make his father proud. Now, generational programming, if you're really keen and aware, you'll see how things that your father went through or maybe his father went through have also been passed down onto you, right? So my grandfather did a lot of things to try to make his father proud. My father did a lot of things to try to make his father proud. And then when I was an adult in the early years, like ages 22, 21 to like 26, I was playing that shit out, right? I was so afraid, like I wanted to quit my job, but I was like, oh my God, what are my parents gonna think of this? And I wanted to get divorced because my relationship was abusive. And I was like, oh my God, what are my parents gonna think of this? And I, you know, I was constantly in this state of like trying to make them happy and trying to get this approval, but also feeling the weight of that and just how uncomfortable it was because I was living for somebody else. And this is like generational programming element number one of dysfunction. When you're living for somebody else, you are never going to be fulfilled. And this goes all the way down into the root of the mother wound where there are many women who really, really want to have children from this place of um, maybe not true uh, unconditional love, right? Like they want to have a child so they can like, replay all their stuff and do it differently or they want to have a child because they want the child to be the most important thing in the world to them right and and what this all is is an avoidance of self and a lot of the times i see you know this codependent energy kind of get created where i've worked with women who say like yeah my mother it was like the most important thing in the world for her to have me and like she lived for me and that was it and it was controlling and now my mom i'm 28 29 30 years old and she's controlling and she's still you know needing to know every element of my life and she's still trying to make decisions for me and she's trying to force certain decisions on me right like there's like this codependency energy that gets created when we birth children from that space okay you have children, you know, if you're going to have children, have children because you want to bring new life into this world and you want to have a little baby guru in your life and explore the magic and the beauty that is that, you know, don't create things to live for you. You know, my, my grandmother says, you know, having children is so important because it's, um, they take care of you when you get old. And I'm like, I'm not going to fucking produce kids so that they can just take care of me when I'm old. Like that's selfish. That's not a reason to have kids, you know? Um, yeah. So just things to think about, right? Just things to think about the intention behind birthing new life. Like always very, I'm thinking and sinking into that now as I'm preparing to do that in the future one day. And, um, I think sometimes our, the dysfunction that exists in our dynamic is because um, our parents were trying to do what they thought they were supposed to do rather than like what was really an energetic alignment for them. So just something to think about, you know. Um, 
the other kind of element here of dysfunction that exists in our family programming and our upbringing um, is when our parents have certain patterns or habits or ways of being that we inherit or um, we either receive them or we rebel against them, right? So just as an example, um, my mother was very safe to the point where it was almost like this paranoid worry all the time that would just like move through my house. My mother is always so fearful, always so worried, and rightfully so. She has, my mother has seen some shit, right? She's, she's been through some hard times. So she has some trauma that's moving through her body. But the fact that she was always so afraid and the fact that she was always kind of on the lookout and didn't trust people and, you know, had, you know, a wall up sometimes or was afraid to like feel safe or was always worried about the kids getting hurt, right? Like I would get so triggered by that. I would get so annoyed. Like, oh my God, my mom is just a scaredy little cat. Like what? <sighs> you know what I mean? Like I would get so triggered by how she was. And I played this story in my head that the way that my mom was being was not enough. And I had no compassion for her wounding. I had no compassion for what she was moving through, her hardship, her challenge, the reasons why she was this way. I didn't want to see it. All I was focused on was like, why is my mom this way, right? And I would judge it and roll my eyes at it and get annoyed by it. And I would rebel against it to the point where I was reckless, right? I was the one who was doing things that, you know, were really quite dangerous because I was like, I'm not going to play it safe like my mom. My mom is like, mm -mm, I don't want to be like that, right? And I grew up and, you know, became this reckless teenager and, you know, really saw what happens when, you know, your mother's programming is something that you completely rebel against rather than receiving it as medicine. You know, my mom in, in her safety, I think sometimes the paranoia and the worry and the concern that moves through our parents becomes ours. You know, if your parents worried a lot about money, you may be doing that too. And, and really, if I asked you why, why do you worry about money? I just do. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just do, right? And so these inexplicable sort of like pattern thought responses or the way we treat ourselves or the way we talk to ourselves, this is often generational programming that is being passed down to us. And I think what's really important to note is that like every, there's this weird stage we go through, right? Every person where we become a teenager and in those teenage years, we start to detach from our parents and we start to say, I'm going to make my own decisions. I'm going to be my own adult. I'm going to do this. And we like, kind of grasp at adulting, right? We're like, I'm, I'm going to just do my own thing. But then what happens is that we be, like, become the adult and we're like, well, how do I adult? How do I, how do I adult? Not in the sense of like, how do I pay my bills or get my job or like do these things? That's not what I mean. But if I don't have a mother and a father taking care of me, how do I embody my own mother and take care of myself? How do I embody my own father and take care of myself? And I think when we grow up in these experiences where our needs are not met by either our mother or our father, this is a deep study in recognizing where the gaps are and learning how to cultivate that for yourself. Like we are not given hardship just so that spirit can be like, yeah, you kind of had a fucked up mom. You kind of had a fucked up dad. Good job. You got through it. Like, what? Like, that's not how this works, right? 
the things that you have been through and the challenges you have faced with your family dynamic are there with intention. They are there to show you through the gaps, right? Through the space of not having your needs met, where and how you need to show up to meet those needs, right? Like where and how you have to show up to meet those. So just as an example, um, my mother always put everybody else first. And she was always being selfless, but in a way that was like self-abusive, right? She wouldn't take care of herself. She wouldn't do things for herself. She was constantly overgiving to everybody else. And I hated that because I thought that, well, because my mom's that way, I'm supposed to be that way too. That doesn't make any sense, right? And so again, same thing. I would judge it. I would repel it. I would push it away. I don't want to be like that. That's not for me. And I would just live like a really selfish sort of self-centered life. So my mother's way of being and my complete swing in the opposite direction is to experience the full spectrums of these two realities. You know, to go from to, to somebody who is living in fear and playing small to somebody who's incredibly reckless inside of the middle of that pendulum swing is kind of this beautiful balance of of saying, well, I respect myself enough to be responsible and safe. And I also respect myself enough to stretch and grow and to do uncomfortable things. And so, you know, the gaps that exist in your parents are, are really opportunities of awakening for within yourself, you know. Um, healing the family dynamic, because I think this is an important topic to explore, right? This starts with healing for yourself. So when you can come to terms with like, your parents' job, your parents are people, right? They're human beings too. They're not here to meet all your needs, right? You're here to do that for yourself. So if you're having these experiences where you're constantly focused on, you know, how your mother's not meeting your needs, how your father's not meeting your needs, how this, how that, and like going down this rabbit hole of what you didn't get, my response to you is like, well, how can you give yourself what you didn't get as a child? Because that's the whole lesson of all of this. We are here to become self-realized, to become self-aware, to become self-studied, to become self-masters. And so, yeah, honoring the gaps and having that integrity and respect. I think, too, part of the biggest issue that happens with these family dynamics is boundaries. A lot of things that I see in the online space with my students inside of the HEAL program, um, inside any of my programs, you know, being a spiritual person, you can often feel like the black sheep of your family. You can feel very different, uh, misunderstood, unseen, right? You're like, oh my God, like I'm the weird one, right? But like, girl, you're the weird one. Like that's the fucking best. Like you got so much medicine to share with your lineage and your family. And like, you just embrace that and you see it as this like beautiful, incredible thing. Um, Instead of dimming your light, because I, I could tell you from experience, family dynamics were fucking exhausting. Like I would go to my aunt's house or to my grandma's house and I'd be so tired after because I felt like I wasn't being fully embodied in those spaces. I was molding myself to domesticate back in to the energy that they have. And so again, this medicine is here to teach you and to help you study more deeply how you calibrate and hold your own energetic frequency no matter where you are, no matter what's happening, no matter what somebody thinks of you. And family dynamic can be a study of that. It can be an opportunity to really master that craft of being in your own empowered frequency. So um, yeah, so boundaries are really important and communicating your needs. I think 
one of the biggest things that I see is the blame of dysfunction that exists between um, you and the person, right? Uh, we can say, oh, like, my mom is really dysfunctional or my father's really dysfunctional. And while that may be true, the question you really want to pay attention to is what dysfunction are you fueling that with, right? So, for example, um, if you have a father who's, like, really abusive and disrespectful, but for some reason you constantly, continuously allow him into your life and you call him and tell him things going on in your life because you want his approval and you want his recognition and you want him to change, like, that's not going to work, you know? So the dysfunction that you're giving to that container is is not respecting yourself. And I think with family, it's like a really hard thing to do, but sometimes you have to take space and sometimes you have to say like, well, the way this person's behaving is really crossing a boundary for me and I'm not going to allow this frequency into my container. And it doesn't have to be permanent. You know, I remember when my mother and my father were going through a divorce and they were really being abusive towards one another and I was watching this kind of play out and it was getting really toxic and very dangerous. I, you know, I said, I'm, I'm not available for this. I cannot be in either of your life until this is settled because I'm watching you guys abuse each other without leaving. Like they were just sticking around, you know, like attacking each other for, for I think a year or two. So, you know, sometimes you have to put this boundary up and I think when we're around our family, um, we kind of get immersed and like sucked into everything, but taking space, right? Taking space, asking yourself in every single moment, what do I need, right? What do I need? My friend, my beautiful sister um, just got back from a dieta and she has family over and she's taking time to go for her walks in the morning and to be in nature and to meditate. And she is saying like, I see how my family's taking it very personally. Like they think there's something wrong and, and, this is triggering for them, but their triggers of my actions of self-care mean nothing about me, right? If you grew up in a family dynamic like I did, when somebody was upset, my mother would immediately think it was her fault. She would immediately, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? What's causing this? How can, you know, like just the feeling like it's her fault and feeling fearful that things were her fault. And I think our our family can sometimes play this out, this game out for us, right? So being able to take your steps of what you need, meeting your needs, communicating your needs, and communicating them really respectfully, right? Like, I, I need this. I'm going to go take a walk. I, I, need, I need some space. I'm going to go meditate. I need some space. I won't come over at 6 o'clock. I'll come over at 8. Or I'm not going to go to that family thing because I need to rest. You know, meeting your needs. I didn't go to see my family this Thanksgiving because our dog animal is, you know, in a stage of her life where she's not doing too hot and I want to stay home and be with her. And I could tell myself this story. Oh, my parents are going to be disappointed. My parents are going to be upset. I'm a human meeting my own needs. I'm doing what's best for me. And like, that is the study of all of this. When you get to a place where you are in such alignment with what is best for you and you are in such alignment with the voice that is yours and knowing, right, like, yeah, I'm in integrity. This is not, I'm not hurting anybody. Like, oh, my mom's going to be so upset. Who gives a shit, right? Voice that's yours, being in integrity with that. 
being in self-realization and understanding of who you are and what makes you you, putting up your boundaries, communicating your needs. The family is teaching you how to be more empowered. It's a beautiful gift, right? It's a beautiful study. And being able to recognize that um, the wounds we carry as children, you know, like I talk a lot about this in the HEAL program because there were some really difficult things that I went through in my childhood that I felt like my parents didn't really show up for in the way that I needed. And as an adult, I was able to have these really beautiful conversations with my mother and tell her and express to her, you know, how I felt in those moments and to not do it from this place of blaming, but to do it from this place of sharing, you know, and it was a really beautiful moment that has brought us closer together to be able to have these dialogues around what was really happening for me as a child and what I was really feeling. And, you know, I think when you look back with somebody who is in your life and you reflect on a difficult time and you do it with the intention of healing and the intention of really coming closer, um, it just has a huge impact. It has a huge impact. And so I just want to hold faith for all of you guys that whatever dysfunction or dynamic that you are moving through that feels challenging, you know, if it's, uh, I got to, you know, stop spending time with my mother and that's hard for me because I know it hurts her. Or um, I'm, you know, my dad's really controlling and I got to put a boundary up, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Just know that step by step, claiming your power little by little is the medicine that will transmute this entire dynamic. Because if you're in this place of feeling any of those wounds around what I just shared and you're constantly afraid of hurting somebody else, constantly afraid of doing it wrong, constantly afraid of not being enough, constantly afraid of disappointing your family, who are you living for, right? Like we have to kind of break this like enslaved family dynamic energy. Like we're not here to live for our family that came before us. We are here to live for the family that exists everywhere in present time through us with ourselves, you know, um, and we're here to heal through our families. So, you know, just having a different perspective. And I encourage you guys this beautiful holiday season to honor the family that came before you, honor their wisdom, honor their medicine, um, pay gratitude, even if your family dynamic is difficult. Gratitude heals all things. So taking a pause to really be grateful for the strength and resilience that you have cultivated through difficulty in your childhood and being grateful for the lessons of every single experience that has made you who you are today and being grateful for your family that has shown you, you know, what not meeting your needs looks like so that you can do it differently and being grateful for uh, the personality traits, quirks and mannerisms and egos and shadows that your family carries because you are the one that was chosen to break all of it. So celebrate that power and have a beautiful Thanksgiving. Um, sending you guys so much love to your families and from mine to yours, like so much gratitude. Um, I'd like to also say in closing, just a gratitude and thought of prayer for our First Nations people for all of the indigenous who have come before us, who have walked these lands, who have tended to these lands, who have prayed on these lands, who have made these lands what they are, um, please play res pay respect and gratitude because um, 
we would not be here if it were not for them. So sending a lot of love and compassion to all of the indigenous tribes. Uh, may they all have healing. May they all feel love and appreciation and gratitude. So aho, thank you guys so much. Have an amazing blessed Thanksgiving. I'm sure I'll see you tomorrow for another live. More on this topic to come. There's a full in-depth study on healing the mother wound and the father wound inside of the HEAL program, which opens doors in January. And uh, yeah, just really happy to have you guys here on the line. Love you all.